Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Verily, Verily. The desert Arab has an intense love for sweet odors. Incense is used for romance, for status, and a meaning of honoring a guest. Its use is not limited to women, nor to the royal family. After a feast or even a coffee session, perfume and incense may be passed among the men who also love to relax hour after hour on beautiful rugs in circular togetherness. Incense also has a prominent place in the scriptures. God ordained that it should be used in the Old Testament worship. So much prominence is given to it in the worship ceremonies that one may ask, does God himself delight on such sweet odors? 
He does not, of course, but incense does betray the opening of the way into the Holy of Holies by the mediator, Lord Jesus Christ, and the ascent of prayer into the presence of God. The daily burning of the incense of the golden altar gave a picture of Lord Jesus Christ making access for us. Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. God has given a specific formula for the compounding of the holy incense. It was not to be altered and never to be confused with the incense of the surrounding heathen nations. The smoke of the incense is a glimpse of the prayers of the believers rising into the presence of God himself. David in Psalm 141 verse 2, Let my prayers be set before thee as incense. Notice the importance that is placed on prayer as portrayed by incense in Revelation chapter 5, verse number 8. In one of the closing scenes of time, the Eternal One is on His throne, and the beasts and the elders are bowed in worship to Lamb, holding harps and golden vials of incense. The meaning of these odors is given by in the verse, they are the prayers of the saints. The sincere cry of the redeemed soul is precious to our Heavenly Father. Sometimes our service may be wrongly motivated, but earnest prayer is always in season because God longs for our fellowship. Take time today to pray. Listen to the words of this beautiful song as Larry Grabo, Bill Burkett, Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing for us, Wonderful Savior. I have started out to follow Jesus Every day, every hour I want to be Just a little more like my blessed Jesus He means more than all the world to me Join the morning. 
which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for a service. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here we're in the classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 10.45, you all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 6.45, we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Buddy Hand plays for us in the trumpet this wonderful song, Worthy is the Lamb.
the strongest motive for right conduct is love. It makes us want to do what we know we should. In fact, it creates within us honesty and trustworthiness. The following story illustrates this truth in a compelling way. When Lewis Laws became the warden of Sing Sing Prison in 1920, the inmates existed in wretched conditions. This led him to introduce humanitarian reforms and he became one of the greatest prison wardens of all time. He gave much of the credit to his wife Catherine, however, who also treated the prisoners as human beings. She would often take her three children and sit with the gangsters, the murderers, and the racketeers while they played basketball and baseball. Then in 1937, Catherine was killed in a car accident. The next day, her body lay in a cask in the house about a quarter of a mile from the prison. When the acting warden found hundreds of prisoners crowded around the main entrance, he knew what they wanted. Open the gate, he said. Men, I'm going to trust you. You can go to the house. No count was taken. No guards were posted or sent with the prisoners. Yet not one man was missing that night. Love for one whom had loved them made them dependable. Christ has revealed the Father's grace to us while we were yet sinners, as it tells us in Romans 5.8. Because of what he did on Calvary, we have been freed from sin's bondage and the condemnation of the law. Unlike those prisoners, we do not have to return to confinement. In fact, we would insult the grace of God if we tried to return to it. Yet the same motive that kept them from running away should also account for our faithful service for Christ. May our love for Him, more than fear and shame or even duty, be the reason we want to do what is right. If you really love the Lord, you will want to serve Him. It has been said, you can serve without loving, but you cannot love without serving. Are you serving your Lord today? Listen now as Eileen Bickle and Debbie Markley sing this beautiful song for us entitled, In the Arms of Sweet Deliverance. In the arms of sweet deliverance, gonna lay my heavy burden down, and with my Lord I'll abide. When at last my traveling days are done, in the land somewhere beyond the sun, in the arms of sweet deliverance, in the arms of sweet deliverance, I shall rest by and by. Much more than enough Many the days my path is rough Many the days I wonder what to do But then I talk to my God in prayer And He assures me that He's right there And whatsoever may come You'll see me through In the arms of sweet deliverance Gonna lay my heavy burden down And with my Lord I'll abide 
travel days are done In the land somewhere beyond the sun In the arms of sweet deliverance In the arms of sweet deliverance I shall rest by and by I've read in the book how the Lord once said The rain will fall on the good and the bad But wise is the man who waits upon the Lord When trials and sorrows multiply I will not ask him the reason why For strength is mine only heaven can afford In the arms of sweet deliverance Gonna lay my heavy burden down And with my Lord I In the land somewhere beyond the sun In the arms of sweet deliverance In the arms of sweet deliverance I shall rest by and by I shall rest by and by I shall rest by and Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, the Apostle Peter's First Miracle versus the Apostle Paul's First Miracle. Acts chapter 3, the healing of the lame man versus Acts chapter 13, the blinding of Bar-Jesus. Acts chapter 13, verse 4. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Paul the Apostle and Barnabas began their first missionary journey from Antioch of Syria. Paul and Barnabas traveled from Antioch of Assyria to the seaport city of Seleucia. From Seleucia, they traveled on the Mediterranean Sea roughly a hundred miles to the island of Cyprus. Upon arriving on Cyprus, they went to the city of Salamis, a city on the eastern portion of Cyprus. In Salamis, they preached the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. There is no mention of how long they preached there or any results of their preaching. Leaving the city of Salamis, they traveled the entire length of the island, arriving at the western portion of the island, the city of Paphos. Paphos was the capital city of Cyprus. Therefore, it was the seat of the Roman government and a center for the worship of Venus, the Roman goddess of love. Concerning the Apostle Paul's first miracle in the city of Paphos on the island of Cyprus, there are three important individuals which have an important part of this first miracle. The three individuals are Paul himself, Bar-Jesus, and Sergius Paulus, the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle was the one apostle of the church, the body of Christ. He was the personification of the church, the body of Christ. 
He was a Jew and he was a Gentile in one body. His first missionary dash apostolic journey was not under, nor was it fulfilling the so-called Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. Mark 16, 15 said, And he said unto them, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts 1, 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Those verses of Scripture were not being fulfilled as Paul goes on and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. There's a natural division in the book of Acts between the prophetic program, Israel, and the mystery program, the church, the body of Christ. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 through the 12th chapter, it begins with the 12 apostles. It begins in the city of Jerusalem, a Jewish city. In Acts chapter 13 to 28, the second part of the book of Acts, there is just one apostle. The book of Acts abruptly ends in Rome, a Gentile city. God raised up Saul of Tarsus. His name was changed to Paul. Now the apostle Paul is taking the message of salvation to the unbelieving Jews and Gentiles. He is taking this message to the Gentiles, not through the nation of Israel, but in spite of them. The book of Acts records three missionary journeys of Paul from Acts 13 verse 1 over to the 20th chapter verse 38. The church, the body of Christ, did not begin on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, but rather in Acts 13 through the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 11 verse 13 says, For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the Apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. We also see in Acts 14.27 the Apostle Paul's words to the church of Antioch of Syria where Paul and Barnabas had begun their missionary journey. And the verse says that when they were come and they gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he, God, had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus was a Jew. In Acts 13, he has two names, Bar-Jesus and Elimas. Bar-Jesus' name means a child of Jehovah's Savior, the son of salvation. Elimas means the wise. He was a Jewish magician in the court of Sergius Paulus in Cyprus. Some of the words used to describe him is full of all subtlety, all mischief, child of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, and pervert the right ways of the Lord. Sergius Paulus. Sergius Paulus was the deputy, the proconsular, the governor of Cyprus. The Roman deputies were appointed by and controlled by the Roman Senate. Sergius Paulus was the highest ranking official on the island. Therefore, he was a man of power and great influence. Also, the Bible describes him as a prudent man. He was intelligent. He was able to reason things out and he was seeking after truth. What happened? Instead of Bar-Jesus fulfilling God's promise as the son of salvation, he was being Elimas. He withstood the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, and he sought to turn away the deputy from the faith. The end result was Paul's first miracle was the blindness of Bar-Jesus. Acts 13.11 says, 
And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon me, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Following the preaching at Paphos in Cyprus, Paul and Barnabas continued their missionary journey in Perga, Pamphylia, Antioch, Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, passing back through these cities before they went to Adelaide, where they departed for Antioch of Syria. And all those places mentioned are what is today modern-day Turkey. And modern-day Turkey is the epicenter of the beginning of the church, the body of Christ. And what is the spiritual significance and the spiritual importance of the blinding of our Jesus? Or the spiritual significance and the spiritual importance of Paul's first miracle? We're going to show. Lord willing, next week we're going to keep talking about this because there's a tremendous significance and importance in the Word of God. And also what a contrast between Peter's first miracle and the Apostle Paul's first miracle. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? If you've never trusted Him, the only way of salvation is through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Believe in Him, and thou shalt be saved. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my